Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. The book of John, chapter 5. Just remain standing for the reading of the word of the Lord. John, chapter 5. I realize some of you are going through tough times and tough things. We've all been there, haven't we? You never know what someone next to you is going through. We feel saddened by the passing of Brother Dunlap. And I do believe he was the last one of his siblings. Uh, It's good to see Brother and Sister Hall with us. Amen. Missionaries for many years. We're so glad they're here for this funeral, the viewing today, and the funeral tomorrow. But we welcome you. We're so glad that you're here. Amen. And all of our guests and everybody in the building, we're so glad that you're here. Just a couple days, a few days ago, we had a funeral of precious sister Akins. And, and uh, there was a, Sister Ashley, there was a prophetic touch that came in this room. It wasn't there. It was so powerful. And I know Big Mommy's very proud of you who you are. We are very proud of you. We believe her legacy continues. Amen. We believe that God is doing a work in you and through the family. Um, praise God. Been a lot of loss, a lot of hurt. And in the month of September, we are going to have on Wednesday nights for those four Wednesdays, we're going to be having a grief share uh, teaching about how to work through grief how to help people through grief. How many's ever had a, had a loss in your life? And it was tough. And uh, it's a journey. Gee, grief is a journey. But it doesn't have to be a final destination. I saw a book one time. It said getting through things that you will never get over. Losing a spouse, losing a child, losing a friend, losing a parent, a grandparent. And so uh, I was talking to Sister Sharp the other day. Just bear with me a minute, but... Uh, Sister Sharp and uh, I were speaking a few days ago. And Sister Sharp, we we love you so much. We miss Brother Gary so much. Brother Gary Sharp, I can only imagine how you feel, but we know the Lord has strengthened you. But she she said, Pastor, I just feel like something every preacher should go through this grief share to learn how to deal with this. There's been a lot of loss in the anchor all over our country, really, around the world. But... uh, she gave good counsel, and we're going to do that in the month of September on Wednesday night. You're going to hear more about it. You're going to see, you're going to see, see it. We're inviting the community and people that we've done funerals for. But how many know you can say the wrong thing? Just don't. How many's ever been to somebody you didn't even know what to say? Yeah, but and this is going to teach us how to walk through grief with people for ourselves and others. And I'm so glad, Sister Annie Brown and and uh, it's putting some of that together. It's going to be a healing moment in this church. And look at this crowd on Sunday. This is just our second service. and We're so glad, nearly, nearly full here today. We're a growing people. God is healing us. He's strengthening us. We're moving those services to 9-11 because, because we feel like it would better split the crowd. Some of you could go to the, be easier to go to the 9. We want to keep growing and, and reaching our community and and uh, man, there's a healing touch of God here. Amen. Lay your Bibles down. The Lord's not done with what He's going to do right now. The Lord wants to heal some of you right now in your seat. 
if it's okay, I feel like you're probably sitting with family. Lay your hand on your neighbor. The Bible says they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Pray for somebody beside you. You lay it on the shoulder, hand, whatever you feel. Begin to pray in the name of Jesus. We pray for healing. We pray for strength. Hallelujah, Jesus. Have your way, Lord, in their heart, their spirit, their body. watching online right now. Let there be healing. Let there be comfort and strength. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. No, no keyboard. What a mighty God we serve. What a mighty God we serve. Angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. What a mighty God we serve. Oh, Jesus is that God we serve. Yes, Jesus is that God we serve. Oh, angels bow before him. Heaven and earth adore him. That God we serve. Oh, and what a mighty God we serve. Yes, oh, what a mighty God we serve. I mean, believe it today. Oh, the angels bow before adore him oh what a mighty God we serve praise God I believe every word of that amen the book of John chapter 5 reading with verse 1 John 5 reading with verse 1 what a beautiful touch of God that is here today After this, there was a feast. John 5 and 1, are you there? After this, there was a feast of the Jews and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market, a pool which is called in the Hebrew tongue, Bethesda, having, everybody say five porches. I think there's an element of significance because it's the fifth chapter. We've got five porches around Bethesda and these lay a great multitude in the porches of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. What does it mean? What's the moving of the water? What's the significance of that? Verse four, for an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Didn't matter what stage of it it was. Didn't matter how bad it was. When you got in, you got healed. That's a pretty good deal. And it says, and there, 
And a certain man was which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. Too long. When Jesus saw him lie and knew he had been now a long time in that case, he said unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? Look at your neighbor and say, Will you be healed today? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man. What he was saying is, I, I don't have enough to be healed. He explains, he says, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Because the first one that got in the water is the, first, is the person that got the healing in the season. He said, I don't have a man. I don't have somebody to get me in there. I don't have enough. Jesus said unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. He said, Lord, I don't have enough. Jesus said, I am enough. Get up. I am enough. Amen. You don't think you're good enough, but he's enough. Somebody shout, Jesus is enough. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. I like to preach today. It is enough. God bless you. You may be seated. Any of you in the building still feel like you got a praise down deep inside your heart? Anybody feel that way? Well, go ahead and just let it out right now. Go ahead. If you just feel like praising him. Come on. That's all right. I know what I feel. He's a worthy of all of my praise. His, his name is Mark Morgan. He is a, he's a, a pastor in the San Francisco area. He travels our movement and preaches nearly every meeting, very powerfully used of the Lord. God has used them for many years, miracles. Even here, we have a multi-campus now because of something he prophesied. And... Uh, I was with him just a couple weeks ago and he was telling me a story of how the Lord had showed him something about the gift of faith. And he, he, he said what happened is that he was preaching on a Sunday morning and said it was so powerful. I mean, the people, the people were like they are today. How many has felt the, the power of God and the and the happy, joyful atmosphere in the building and the exuberance of the worship and prayer. How many have felt that here today? It's been so powerful. Everybody here wants to come back already because it just feels so good in the house. He said it was one of those Sunday mornings. It was so powerful. People were shouting and amening and worshiping and just like these young people, I imagine, were just getting with it and there was a lot of emotion. It was high. It was exciting. It's a great atmosphere. And he said in the midst of his preaching, the Lord spoke to him and said, everybody that needs a miracle, I'm gonna heal tonight in the service, in the evening service. Boy, and that missed, I had that to happen one time on a Sunday morning. While I was preaching on a Sunday, the Lord said, everybody needs a miracle, I'm gonna heal next Sunday night. How many remember that story and or were here? Oh, so many people were healed in that service. But similar situation, but he said, the Lord said, everybody that comes back tonight that needs a miracle is gonna be healed. Oh, they just responded, amen, clapped their hands, shouted hallelujah, whatever, how are we do it, you know. Brother Hall, he said that night, he come back to church on Sunday night, he said he doesn't know what happened, but those, that was not the same group of people on Sunday night as it was on Sunday morning. Meaning that the worshipers on Sunday morning were sort of dry and dead on Sunday nights, what he's saying. Same people, different attitude. 
He said he got up and preached and had to plow through all of that non-responsive, going through non-emotional people. And he said he got to the end of the message and just obeyed the Lord's word, what God had spoken to him. And he said, the Lord said this morning that whoever needed a miracle tonight could come and get it. And if you need a miracle, come and get it. He said, wouldn't you know it? He said, the lady that first came to the altar was a, had Parkinson's disease and her arm was all drawn up like this. You just have to sort of know his humor and what he was saying. You have to understand from a preacher's perspective anyhow. He said, she's the first one standing in line. And he said, I was sort of thinking, God, could we not just warmed up with somebody with a headache? Instead of somebody that's got some physical ailment that needs me. And he said, he said the people were dry. The people weren't responding well, but they did show up. And he said, he said, I was nervous. I was questioning things. He said, and all of a sudden it felt like a blanket came on him. And the Lord spoke to him. He said, I have now given you the gift of faith. And he said, when it set on me, he said, when I took one step toward that lady, she started spinning in circles under the power of God. And that arm that was drawn up by the Parkinson's just said like that, and she was instantly healed of Parkinson's disease. Instantly healed. And he said, I realized, he said, and everybody in the building that need a miracle got a miracle that night. He said, then I realized that faith is not based on emotion. Faith is not based on response. When God said he's gonna do something, he's gonna do it no matter what you're thinking about it. Because God's word is sure. Let me, let me help you with uh, the gift of faith. And, and brother, brother, brother Tyler, come and help me. And uh, I want you two right here to come and help me. Yeah. Yeah, come on up here. Come on up here. Come stand right here. Y'all switch places. This is you. Well, I can have a lot of fun out of this because you're a little bit bigger than they are, thicker than they are, you know. We, <laughs> let me just say, this is the faith that you need, amen. <laughs> and this is the faith that you've got, praise God, amen. Do you have one? You have one stripe on your pajama pants. That's what I want to know. It's amazing. All you got to do is turn sideways and you disappear. Glory to God. This is you here today. This is you. You have this much faith. I'm sorry. You know I love you. Ain't sure play basketball. This is how much faith you have, but you're looking out here and this is the faith that you need that you feel to get a miracle. Many of you have made statements in your walk with God and you have made statements that, oh, I just need more faith. I've had people call me and say, Pastor, how do I get more faith? I, I need this miracle. I need more faith. That we feel that to get a touch of God, that we need there's this, there's this gap between how much faith I have and how much faith I need to receive a miracle. Has anybody ever been there? You were praying, but you just felt like it was out of reach for you. Come on, be honest with me here today. I've done that. And so we start thinking about this element of gap between the faith I have and the faith I need. Not that we don't believe God can do anything, but we just believe God can do that only for some people, but he can't do that for me. How I many know that? If I just had more faith, we get into even this, if I just prayed one more, if I just prayed 15 more minutes, if I just stayed at the church uh, 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 until everybody left, how many's ever been there? 
If I'd have fasted one more day, if I'd have prayed one more day, then maybe God would have done that. Anybody ever relate with that type of thinking as a Christian? Oh yeah, you, you have this much prayer, you've got this much faith, but you feel like you need this much faith to see the miracle. Brother Morgan said when God gave him the gift of faith, what he was saying was, I have put this on you because your faith is here, but I'm gonna give you my faith. It's the faith that spans the gap between where you are and what you need. Everybody shout, the gift of faith. In that word, we find this word called grace. It's where God puts on you what you need to see what you need to come to pass in your life. I want somebody to say amen. Number one, I want you to understand that grace is not earned, it's unmerited. Oh, I feel like preaching today. Some of you are gonna be set free in the next 10 minutes forever. It's gonna absolutely change your life. It's just gonna change your life in 10 minutes. You're, you're gonna forever be different because what I'm gonna teach you in his word. I was seeking the Lord and the Lord dealt with me in the middle of the night to teach you on it is enough. Some of you are sick and tired of living a life that you feel like you're never good enough. You're not holy enough, righteous enough, you don't pray enough, you don't fast enough, you can't go to church enough, and all this stuff, and you feel even in the church separated from the God that called you into grace, amen, all the way to a place of perfection. You feel separated and removed from that because in your life growing up, you were never good enough. Some of you are told it's not enough. You didn't do it. The, the room's not clean enough. The, the husband said you're not a good enough wife or the wife said you're not a good enough husband. You come to church and you feel the same way. I come to preach to you today. We're gonna get rid of that in this room and you're gonna walk in here saying, you know what? I am what God made me and I'm gonna be better than I've ever been. Somebody say amen. He said, because I believed his word, he gave me what was absent from my life. He gave me his faith and, I, and the reason the miracle happened is because God gave me faith that wasn't earned. It was just there because I believed his word. Give these guys a hand clap of praise and say amen. He said, I learned from that day, if God gives me a word, it doesn't matter how the church responds. It doesn't matter how good the singing is. It doesn't even matter how good my own preaching is, he said. He said, but what matters is that when God says he's gonna do something, he's gonna do something. You gotta start trusting. If you've got a word from God, you just believe his word and quit worrying about how good you are and realize he's good. Amen. How many know we've all got something in common here today? We were all born sinners. We've all sinned and we've come short of the glory of God. But God, for God so what? Love the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. You can't earn it. You don't even deserve it. But he gives it. Not because you got the equation right. This many days of prayer. This many days of fasting. This many days of separating yourself from some things. And then you got the formula like the Lord said, here's your miracle. Nope, that's not how it works. He gives it to you just because he loves you. That's why I'm healed, because he loves me. That's why I got the miracle, not because I earned it, but because he wanted me to be better. He wanted me to be healed. He wanted me to be set free. 
Look at your neighbor and say, you can't earn it. Number two, you don't deserve it. It's not deserved. See, the reason some of you aren't receiving miracles because you don't believe you're worthy of one. Let me, let, me just, let me just preach to you a little bit. I've seen a ton of miracles in my life. But sometimes I didn't know why the miracle happened or how it happened. I just knew that it happened. And in our minds, can I just be transparent with you all right now? That I think we think if the temperature of the room is right, you know, well, it was too cold. We could have had a great church, but it was just a little bit too much air conditioner going on. That's how it felt last Sunday, didn't it? Amen. Yeah, amen. Pastor Jock Frost got up and preached to you, praise God. <laughs> Somebody said, as long as it wasn't the first church of the Frigidaire, we'd be all right, amen. <laughs> well, if it, if it hadn't been so hot, boy, I was sweating, I had to take my coat off, boy, if it hadn't been so hot, we could have had a good church because, you know, it was temperature just a little bit too hot. If we would, wouldn't have sang that song, I don't like those new songs, you know. Too many new songs, God can't move. Well, I'm preaching to the choir. I just don't know about that song. God can't move because of that song. But the Bible does sing, sing to the Lord, sing to the Lord what? New song. Oh, then we got, oh, if it had been an old song, well, we could have had church if they'd sing an old song. If they'd have got the accordion out in the banjo, we could have had church. Yeah. Go down to West Virginia, sing down there where I was you sing contemporary songs. It was just, oh my goodness, I don't know if God can move in this. Then you come up to church and somebody sing a Southern Gospel song up here in the church in Zane. You'd be like, I don't know about it. God can move in a Southern Gospel song. <laughs> are y'all with me? We start boxing God in the corners based upon the songs that are sung. And, oh, you know what? If 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 you if you would have if you would have just preached 15 minutes longer, nobody has ever told me if I'd have preached 15 minutes longer. <laughs> I'm not even going to talk about that preaching 15 minutes shorter, what could happen, amen. But we get to that. If, if, if I'd have just told one more story, if I wouldn't have told a story, if in the preacher's perspective, he just, if I'd have said this or I wouldn't have said this, if I would have sang this or not sang this, if, 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 if that person wouldn't have got out of tune, if, if, if this person would have been until we think the miracle is predicated upon some perfect church service. not how it works because in John 5 John 5 there's this study it's called numerology you can, you can study look it up in scripture you can, you can study I mean we all know that the number 7 means what perfection we all believe oh that's God's number it means perfection it's divine perfection you begin to study numbers you look at numbers like 8 8 is new beginnings 9 is judgment 10 is, is uh, human government and that's why 10 horns were up on the beast. It was the number of 10. When you, when you look at the number of six, it is what? The number of man. What is number five? Number, number five is grace. So in John chapter five, and so how many know there's no accidents in scripture? You get John chapter five and there's five porches and you look, there's this, there's, there's this grace thing that's going on there. And what happens is Jesus walks to the pool of Bethesda and he just happens to walk all these people there, but he walks by this guy that's been sick for 38 years. Look at your neighbor, that's a long time, long time. He gets by him at 38 years and uh, 
You also see 38 was significant. You want to study it, look up the number 38. 38 was significant because you'll see that's how, how many years it took for the army of Israel to die out because of unbelief and move on. But it was, it was a time period, it's a time slot. It was God's chosen time. But if you look that, that he walks up to this man that, that wants to be healed, does he have faith? Yes, he wouldn't be there if he didn't believe it. He has seen the water move. He has seen things happen. He knew the angel troubled the water. Matter of fact, if you'll study, there's 400 silent years between the Old Testament and the New Testament. 400 silent years and no prophets prophesying, no scriptures written, none of that. There wasn't much. Only thing I find that is moving or supernatural between the Old Testament and the New Testament is the pool of Bethesda. And what would happen is in a season, whenever that season was, that the angel would trouble the water and all the people that are waiting, blind, maimed, sick, palsied, whatever it was, that whoever got in the water first, whoever was looking at the water and moved first, whoever responded first, got the healing. It doesn't seem fair. Let me just take a clause, pause moment here to say to you, it doesn't seem fair that only one got healed except that we see in the nature of God there's something here. Could I say to you that there is a nature of God we've got we've to pick up on here today. And the nature of God was this, whoever moved first, whoever responded first, whoever got there first is the one that got the miracle. It seems unfair unless in the nature of God he has something special reserved for first responders. Oh, let's talk about it because you're a little quiet and wondering if you're one or not. We, we start praising God when somebody else starts praising God. We go to the altar after four people went to the altar. We get with the preacher and say amen when 17 others have said amen. We follow people to where the miracle is instead of just saying, it's for me. Waiting on somebody else to move before you get in. Can I tell you there's something special about God with people that don't wait on somebody else to do something for and they just get after what God is doing. It's called first responders. That's right. You want God to use you, be the first one to give, the first one at prayer meeting, the first one at the altar, the first one on your feet, the first one to shout hallelujah. I'm not saying it's a competition, but there is something before God when you say, I don't have to wait on five people to, to respond before I respond. I know he's got something for me. I know there's something amazing in my life. I know, I know he's gonna do a work in my life. Somebody say amen. And so Jesus looks at this man and he says, wilt thou be made whole? I mean, you've been sitting in this porch. How many years you've been here? How many seasons we've went through? Wilt thou be made whole? And his response was, I have no man. I have no man. What he was saying was this. I don't have enough. I don't have enough help. I don't have enough strength. I can't get through them. If I just had something to help me get to the water, then I would be all right. Can I say to you today, some of you have lived your life feeling you don't have enough. I have no. I was raised, I was told I didn't have enough. I'd never be enough. I've always felt rejected, always felt like, and I come to church and I need something for God, but I just don't feel like I have enough faith to get to him, haven't prayed enough, haven't fasted enough, haven't, haven't went to church enough. Anybody with me right now? You know, my dad never looked at me one time and said, boy, if you're real good, I'm gonna get you something for Christmas. If he would have said that, my gift to Christmas would have been earned and not a gift. What that means was he was paying me at Christmas time for my good deeds. Not one time he looked at me and said, hey, hey son, if you're real good, I'm gonna get this for you on your birthday. Not one time. 
Now, he did say, if you're real good in school, when you get good grades, I'm going to give this to you. And that was earned, amen. And that's all right to do. Can you say praise the Lord? But when it comes to birthday, he just celebrating me. I didn't have to earn it. It wasn't about how good I was. You know what? He got me something because it was my day to celebrate me. It wasn't earned. It was a gift. Can I say gifts are not earned? Neither are miracles. He already paid the price of Calvary. Neither is salvation. The Bible says, come freely to him. Hey man, he paid it all. You can't earn the right to be saved. He saves you not because you earned it. He saves you because he loves you. Listen, I have watched people come and get a miracle on their first service and never live the righteous day in their life. And I've watched somebody else in the church over here try to earn it for the last 10 years. And try to, you can't prove to God you're worthy. He knows who you are when you got up in the morning and we gotta think we gotta prove to God that we're worthy enough to receive it. I learned from J.T. Pugh a long time ago, listen to him preach. He said, if we're not careful, we will, we will preach this earning concept that you have to live holy enough Righteous enough, pray long enough, fast enough, and then he'll give you the Holy Ghost. It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says, if ye fathers, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? Can I say today, we're not here because we earned it. We're not here because we're good enough. We're here because God made a way where there was no way. He gave me what I could not do on myself. He gave me salvation. So I hear you in the room. Oh, preacher, I'll, I'll quit. When I quit drinking, I'm gonna join the church. When I quit doing drugs, I'll do this. When I can get the lust out of my heart, I'll do this. That's not how it works. You don't get good to get God. You've gotta get God to get good. That's what makes the difference. He gave me his holiness. He gave me his righteousness. I come to preach to you today. It's by grace that you're saved. It's not of yourself. It is a gift from God. When you woke up one morning and said, you know, I think we're going to go to church today. That was from God. Hey Amen. The preacher's preaching and you thought, oh my goodness. How in the world did you later say, honey, did you call the preacher? You called the family member of the church and said, you've been talking, talking to pastor? I ain't talked to pastor. And how did he know? How did he know? It was a gift of God because the word of God is a gift. Amen. I, 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 I'm not being arrogant here today, but the Bible says apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are a gift to you. Why? Because when you were lost, he gave you the word and the word gave you faith and you start saying, I don't want to live here anymore. I want to come out of this. And guess what? He gave you the power to come out. He gave you the power to change your life. He... Somebody shout, he gave me power. Well, if I can just live good for seven days and go to church, you know what? Then God's going to help me. Uh -uh. You know when you walked in this building, you felt God when you were, when you were, when you were wild. You had, you had stuff in your bloodstream. You had stuff on your website. You had stuff on your phone. You had stuff in your heart. You had bitterness and hatred and envy, anger and jealousy, all these emotions in your spirit. And you walked in the building and you felt something come over you. You didn't earn that and you know it. God touched you first. God reached you first. God helped you first. I come to preach to you. He wants to bring you out. He wants to bring you out. Sister Aleph. 
Paul said, I love him because he first loved me. And I'm gonna go ahead and tell you this right now. Now that I've seen everything he's ever done for me, he doesn't have to earn my praise. He doesn't have to earn my worship. He doesn't have to earn my song. I love him. So I'm gonna praise him no matter what's going on. He's been good to, come on, if you believe it, clap your hands and shout hallelujah. Amen. Why does he give you a miracle? Because he loves you. You think he's going to give you a miracle? And you say, well, I earned it. I fasted seven days to get that miracle. No, it's payday if that's what happens. He's going to give you a miracle because he loves you. And he looked at that impotent man that had no help and didn't have enough to get where he needed to get, to get what he needed. That makes sense. He didn't have enough to get his miracle. And Jesus walks, walks up to him and he says, will thou be made whole? Come here, Rowan. Lay down and you're gonna be the impotent man. Well, you need some help, glory to God. His wife, and his wife, amen. His mother said, amen. Lay down, you, you, you're feeling bad. Will thou be made whole? He said, I don't have a man. I have no man to help me. I don't have enough. Watch what Jesus did. He didn't argue with him. He said, take up thy bed and walk. Just spoke the word. Something in him must have believed because he started moving. You see, when God speaks the word, you gotta move. Movement is part of the process. He moved, move. He reaches down and gets up his cot, get your cot, and he started walking. And the Bible says immediately he was made whole. Immediately. Immediately. Somebody shout immediately. Quit trying to earn it and just believe it. That's what I come to tell the anchor right now. I'm not preaching against fasting. I'm not preaching against prayer. I'm not telling you not to praise. But what I'm saying, you can't praise enough, pray enough, fast enough to get what he already wants to give you. He's your father. Let's stand to our feet and praise him. He's your father. He's your father. <laughs> Hallelujah. Somebody shout Glory. He took up his bed and walked. And in this room right now, there's miracles. There's unfulfilled prophecies. And they're just gonna happen because you believe it. Do you believe God can heal you? I've seen some of the greatest miracles I've ever seen were unemotional. Boy, all you preachers in the building, boy, if I just hit that note, if I preach in the key of A, something's going to happen. If I just lift my voices just a little bit louder, it's not how it works. I've got a word from the Lord. And the Lord said, it's enough. Quit trying to earn me and just believe me. He already loves you. I wish somebody look at your neighbor and say, the Lord already loves you. <laughs> need a miracle, come on. If you need a miracle, come on, stand down here. I don't care how bad it is. I don't care what stage it is. If you need a miracle in your life, your family, your mind, your emotions, your spirit, come on.
I'm not going to beg you. You need a miracle. You want to be saved. You need healed. Come on, stand at this altar. Just come and stand and believe. 38 years. While they're coming, numerology would say that the number of man is six, or number six is man, the number of man, number seven would be divine completion, divine perfection. That's it. Go ahead and gather. Press close. A lot of people need a miracle. When Jesus, how many remember the first miracle of Jesus? Where was it? Anybody know the first miracle of Jesus? Turn the water to wine at the wedding in the Cana of what? Cana of Galilee. His mother said, whatever he says, do it. I do believe in obedience. If God would have never reached for his bed, he never got healed. You've got to believe the word and obey the word. But at the, at the marriage of Cana of Galilee, Mary, the mother of Jesus, she said, whatever he says to do, do it. He said, go get six vessels of water. Six being the number of Number of man, fill him up with water. What'd he do? Somebody say he just looked at the water and it blushed, amen. <laughs> He's God. Six vessels of water, but guess what? He was the seventh one if you study numerology. He was the se seventh vessel of new wine. How many know when he's Christ in us, he gives us that new wine, joy, yeah. rejoicing and peace. You can live God for God happy. He's number seven. He's the seventh vessel. Five is grace. Some of the greatest miracles I've ever seen. And I was standing right there. There was a man that came to church and he had a withered hand. His hand was drawn up just like that. And I went up to him and I said, and his guy, his friend that had brought him to church, I said to him, I said, what, what do you want God to do for you? It, now I'm, I'm not making fun. I'm just saying sort of the way his buddy responded. His hand is drawn like this. And I said, what would you like God to do for you? You know, because I try to never assume. He said, his hand. It was very obvious what the problem was. I said, well, give me your hand. And I took his hand like this. I didn't feel it. There was no emotion. I wasn't jumping up and down. I wasn't shouting hallelujah. I just grabbed his hand like this. I said, in the name of Jesus, be healed. And I said, are you healed? Just like that. He looked at me sort of puzzled. Like I was supposed to pray some elongated prayer. I said, no, are you healed? And watch what he did. He said, well, right before my eyes. Because miracles are not in the emotion. <laughs> miracles are always in his word. Miracles are in the word. I want you to look two or three people and say, you can't earn it. You just need to receive it. I've seen people get the Holy Ghost that fast, and elders question it because they got it so fast because they tarry for it for years. You can have it right now. Whatsoever you need from the Lord, you can receive from God. Do you believe that? Amen. I, I, went, I repented because of the word. I got baptized because of his word. I've received his spirit because of his word. I believe his word. How many is ready to receive of the Lord right now? You ready? You believe God can do it? Tell him. Lift your hands and tell him what you need him to do. Go on.
to begin to pray. Go ahead. Jesus is enough. Come on, tell him what you want. Jesus is enough. He is enough right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen, amen. Everybody put your hands down and look at Pastor. How many believe you can receive that miracle, that answered prayer, that prophecy, that word spoken over? How many believe you can receive it in this building right now? You believe it? Amen. There's a miracle here. You've been praying. You've been asking. You've had prophets to tell you. You've had people speak a word in your life. You know what? It's time to receive it. If you believe you can have it right now, lift your hands and just receive the Lord. Go ahead and praise him all over the building. Go ahead. That's the Holy Ghost touching you. That's Jesus working a miracle out in your life. Come on, that's it. Open your mouth and just ask him. You have not because you ask not. The touch of the Lord is sweeping over your spirit. Be healed. Receive of the Lord. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. In the name of the Lord. Come on, that's it. When you feel him, when you feel him touch it, just start responding, just start loving him. Oh, miracles are already happening in this room right now. I think we ought to praise him for it. God's already given people miracles, one after another. Tears running down their face because they feel God healing them and touching them. Come on, you feel it around the room. It's sweeping around this room right now. I don't care how long you've been sick, you can be healed. I don't care how long you're away from God, you can be saved. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. The Holy Ghost is going to minister to us. He is doing it right now. Some of you have said, I, 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 I was a sinner for a long time, but I want God to change my life. You feel that coming to you. You want to change your life. I want you to raise your hand in this altar, in the seat. I don't care how. Come on, raise your hand if you felt that way. So I was a sinner. That's it. There's hands going up in this altar. But there's hands in this seat that God is pulling for and reaching for. I feel it very, very, very strong. The Lord is quickening me. Listen, you're not going to live righteous because you're just a good person. You can only live righteous because His righteousness is in you. We call that the grace of God. Can you say amen? amen. Lift your hands, everybody in the building, and ask God to forgive you of your sins and tell Him, I want to I live a new life. That's it. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm sorry for the things that I've done wrong. Go ahead. <laughs> Come on, that's it. I don't want to live the life of a sinner. I don't want to do those things again. That's it, all over this building, pray. Everybody in this building, I want you to seek in God.
Come on, the Lord's doing it. You don't, you don't have to beg him, just ask him. God, I don't want to be a sinner. I don't want to be a sinner. I'm tired, oh God, of struggling and not feeling good enough in the kingdom. Today, I'm asking for forgiveness and strength that's beyond me. Hallelujah. Come on, the Lord is speaking to you right now. Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Miracles are happening. Come on, miracles are happening in your heart and your emotions. God's going to heal somebody's emotions in this room right now. You've been numb. Medication's not fixing it. You're worried. Schedule an appointment with a doctor because you don't know what you're going to do. God said, I'll heal you right now if you just open up to me. We'll stabilize every thought. He's going to bring every imagination into captivity. He's waiting on you to give it to him. Come on, make your mind up. I'm taking him out of bed and I'm walking out of here healed. I'm not leaving out of here depressed. I'm not going back to the addictions. I'm not going back. Come on, just because he loves you, he's going to do it for you. Receive of the Lord. Hallelujah. here, if you're here right now and you want a miracle for somebody in your family, you want to see God do something in your family, would you raise your hand? Yeah. How many believe the Lord hears that prayer? And I believe he can do it right now. Amen. Amen. Just as a reflection of that, those in the altar, I want you to turn and face the audience. And the audience obviously is facing this way. We want to pray toward each other like we're praying for somebody back home, somebody that we love. Maybe somebody's even here that you're praying for. I want y'all to pray this way and they're going to pray this way. We're believing for miracles in your families. How many have some concerns, family concerns? You want to see God fix and heal? Come on, there's been some division and things. Come on, right now, lift your hands and start praying. Everybody in the building, start praying. We're praying for divine healing in our families. Hallelujah. Come on, I'm praying for my son. I'm praying for my daughter. Praying for my neighbor. Praying for my friend. Praying for my grandparent. Praying for my coworker. Come on, pray for somebody. We believe for divine healing. Hallelujah. Name.
Amen, 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 amen. Do you believe God's a healer of all things? Is there anything impossible for God? God will forgive you if you'll ask him. God will heal you if you believe him. But Lord, how many of you in this altar felt like God touched you today? You feel like the miracle has happened. Raise your hand if you felt that happen. It's here. Do you know um, a, a, a person that deals with inadequacy expects to be left out? A person that deals with what I preach today expects not to receive. But what would happen if we'd all turn our mind to the Lord and say, He loves me. And I'm going to start expecting great things every single day. I'm going to get up. I'm going to be obedient. How I many know that brings blessing? I'm going to be obedient, but I'm going to expect things to turn around in my family for greatness. I'm going to expect joy instead of sorrow. I'm going to expect peace instead of trouble. Come on, I'm going to expect gifts instead of something being removed from my life. Anybody feel what I'm preaching here today? I'm telling you, you can walk out of, out of this place in an element of faith. I think we ought to just praise him all over this building for what he's doing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. I'm going to let you be dismissed, but I do want to say we're preachers of the gospel. They can come and play. They can play or sing whatever they're going to do here. But I, I, I want to say today, the gospel is Jesus died, he was buried, and he was resurrected. How many believe that? Come on, how many really believe that? He's alive, so I can come alive again. That's the gospel. The scripture says he died while we were yet sinners. He loved me when I was unlovable. Look at your neighbor and say, now he's really talking about you. Amen. <laughs> Jesus died, was buried, and resurrected so that we die in repentance. I don't want to live that way no more. How many remember when you prayed that prayer? I've got things in my life that aren't right. I've made decisions. I've said things. I've done things I wish I'd have never done. Anybody ever felt that way? You repent of that. You turn away from that. I don't want to live that way. I'm not going back down that road. I'm changing my path. You know what you do with a dead person? We did it this week. We're going to do it tomorrow. You bury somebody that's died. See that rock baptismal place over there? That's a baptismal. The Bible says in Romans 6, 4, we are buried with him by baptism. That like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we arise to walk in newness of life. When you die out to the Lord, you say, I don't want to live this way no more. Thanks for loving me and my mess. But God, I'm ready for you to bring me out of my mess. I'm ready to change who I am to be a better person. You know what you do? After repentance, you get baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. When you come up out of that water, everything you've ever done is washed away. There is no record of your wrong. There's nothing. And God said, I will fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. How many glad the Holy Ghost is real? Every head bowed and every eye closed. If you are here today, you say, Pastor, I've repented and I need to be baptized. Would you raise your hand? That's it. If you'd like to be baptized, you feel like you gave your life to God today, there's a, there's a change of garment, there's a robe, you can so your clothes won't even get wet today. Amen. If you're here today and you want to be baptized, I want you to raise your hand. Amen. I see one. Is there anybody else? He says, I have, I have called on the name of the Lord today. I have repented. Amen. Amen.
Let's clap our hands and thank God for them. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The person who wants to be baptized, if you'll meet Brother Gators, Brother Gators, you go to the door there. There's somebody wanting to be baptized. I think we ought to clap our hands and thank God. Amen, amen, amen. That old song says, I came to Jesus weary, worn, and sad, but he took my sins away. Look at your neighbor and say, he can take your sins away. Go ahead and sing a song. Lead us in worship here today. Where did, where did, our, where did our worship leader go? Amen, come on. Today is his last day at the anchor. Last day at the anchor before he goes back to college tomorrow. How many appreciated the ministry, Brother Dylan Whitmer? While he's getting ready to sing, let me just, let me teach you how to pray. Just be you. I mean, you don't have to have these and thous and speak in Hebrew to get God's attention. Let me tell you something. You can be country. You can have a southern accent. You can say y'all and Mark Muller says yuns. You think I'm bad. They from Pennsylvania. And Jesus still listens to him. I don't know how, but Jesus still listens to him. Just be you. You can be an up to grave and come out. Amen. Just talk to him, but talk to him. Lord, it's me. I, I'm, I'm in trouble. I need help. I need a miracle. You know what he says? I'm here. Here you go. Here's a miracle. Do you believe that? You, you believe it's that simple? I believe it's that simple. I've seen it. I've seen it. Tonight we have church. Tonight we have church at 6 p.m. They're going to they're gonna lead us in a song of worship. We're going to worship and we're going to go. And somebody's going to get baptized and we're going to celebrate because somebody's name is going to be written in the Lamb's Book of Life. We're, thank you. Look at two or three people tell them, I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. All right, lead us in worship today. Let's magnify God together. I'm already loved. I'm already chosen. I know who I am. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.